Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Three notes to self. Not enough time to use the bathroom before the show. Not when you come up with one minute to go before the show. Is it right? <laughs> what's going on, bud? What's going on? Frankie strolled back in here and was like, we're, we're on the air. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought we had more time than, I, than we did. Big win for the for the G Men last night, Greg. Big blue, great, unbelievable. This team can't even lose right. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. Hey man, Eli Manning looked like a competent quarterback. No, no, he didn't. I am so sick of this take. He threw, looked, he threw three touchdowns, dude. Do you realize how many how many terrible throws he had? He did how, have a lot of. Time. How the Giants got bailed out by BS penalties in the last drive? It's a yeah. joke. Hey, man. They would have had the first overall pick if it wasn't for this nonsense. At least your quarterback throws touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> Even the touchdown of Sterling Shepard was a terrible throw. But the, the thing that you don't really have to worry about from the Giants' perspective in the draft is nobody else around them needs a quarterback. Just one. Who's that? Just one. And the Raiders cut Derek Carr. That's an issue. Oh, you think so? But you also have the issue of the farther down you go, teams that do need a quarterback will trade up. Yeah. The Broncos, but realistically, how many more games are the Giants going to win, though? Like, the Broncos are going to trade up somewhere, and they're going to get a quarterback. The Broncos? Yeah. Could happen. Correct. The Raiders, when they trade away or release Derek Carr or whatever, they're going to need a quarterback. This is awful. But John Gruden has the utmost faith in, uh, in his quarterback. I'm going to be so upset when this team doesn't get Justin Herbert. I think I'm going to be so upset. All right, so Tampa Bay in MetLife. That's actually a very winnable game. Yeah, I know. It's a disaster. Everything else on the schedule, like maybe Dallas in Week 17, but Philly in Week 12, in Philly, not winning that. Nope. Against Chicago in MetLife, not winning that. At Washington, not winning that. At home against Tennessee, maybe, but Tennessee's playing good ball. At Indianapolis, they're playing good ball, and they're probably going to need that win. Yeah. Uh, And then Dallas in Week 17, which maybe Dallas will need that win. Like, this week is like the only other winnable game. If this team goes 4-12, this is a disaster. What are they now, 2-7? Yeah. They're not going to win two more games. I think at most they'll win one more. Three and thirteen. That'll get you at least top three. Oh, man. I want. I want one. I want. Yeah. I want. But no- the Raiders are not winning another game. You don't think so? No. They can't pull one more out. Nope. And they play the Cardinals this week, and we'll talk about this later on. The Cardinals are probably my favorite defense stream of the week. I t- I picked them up on Sunday. Remember I told you last week I picked nice. up Cincinnati. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the Cincinnati thing. I picked up Arizona on <laughs> Thank Sunday. Thank God right. their defensive coordinator was just fired. Right. So I picked up Arizona. Hugh Jackson on Sunday was hired. Yeah. Big morale boost for the Bengals there. They like him. Waiver wire, week 11, Greg. Gosh, man. For most people, 
there's really only three more regular season weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the playoffs start week 14. That's when a lot of fantasy playoffs start. Week 14, yeah. This is crunch time, man. We have, we have yeah, three more weeks. 11, three 12, more 13, weeks. Yeah. yeah. We're there. Six teams on a bye this week, too. It's tough. Waiver wire, not great this week, either. It's not the, it's not the best. It's definitely not. I don't think it's the worst either, though. I would say it's somewhere in the middle. There are, I, 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 I know there's been. I, know there's I think been, we've seen worse. So I know there's been like a lot of injuries this year. There's a lot of injuries every year. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like that we've had that many great waiver wire pickups this year. I think you re, you think that way because of the running back position. Okay. The wide receiver pickups have been outside of Tyler Boyd. Who are the guys? I know Tyler Boyd, and that was a week one pickup. Yep. But outside of Tyler Boyd, which is literally week one, and you didn't pick him up because anyone was injured, you picked him up because, hey, he had a good week. That's fine. Outside of Tyler Boyd, like, who have been the big waiver wire pickups for the first 10 weeks of the season? Tyler Lockett might have been picked up. Okay. I know he was going probably fine. in a lot of leagues. Sure. Who we got here? John Brown was a waiver ad. He's been John Brown's been terrible over He's the last few weeks. Still a top 30 wide receiver. He's been terrible over He's the last few weeks. Not a game breaker. Move on. He's not a game breaker, but I mean, where's your game breaker at running back too? I'm. This is what I, I agree. This is what I'm telling you. It's not been a great waiver wire year. When you do like awards at the end of the season, waiver wire pickup of the year, it's like, all right, Tyler Boyd, fine, but like, who else? James who Connor. else in the running? James Conner was weird situation. Yeah, it was. And on the flip side of that, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this. Le'Veon Bell, the biggest bust of all time in fantasy football, because it's not injury related. Yeah, of course, absolutely. But I've also heard a counter argument, whereas. At least for the other people that have busted, like the biggest bust of all time, they were in your lineup and hurting you. That's true. At least Le'Veon Bell has not been in your lineup. Yeah, you're right. That's a, that's a fair. That's a fair argument. But for people who drafted Le'Veon Bell and did not get James Conner, a la me, uh, it has not been great. Although in the one league where I did that, I'm six and four. So I don't know. I've managed to uh, managed to string string a few together here. By the way, I know no one feels bad for um, the Terps. I don't ever. No, but they're and they shouldn't. So their quarterback. So they have, a, they have a problem with quarterbacks tearing ACLs. A couple of seasons ago, four different quarterbacks on their team tore ACLs. Um, so this. So last year, uh, two quarterbacks. I fixed their field or something. Last year, two quarterbacks tore ACLs, and now uh, this year, their starting quarterback tore his other ACL. Hey, maybe we should put you in a bubble, dude. <laughs> Next thing you know, Greg Sussman. Gonna, gonna come wheeling in here on a wheelchair. I'm never gonna be my, crutches. I'm never gonna be a quarterback at the University of Maryland, so I'm good. Yeah, but you went there, so maybe like you have the juju. Maybe you have the bad juju. The, the juju Smith Schuster. No, that's the good juju. Oh. Maryland, very bad juju. Not great, Bob. No. Terps, uh, they won last night, though. By the way, eh, doesn't really matter. No. Oh, and for those wondering, you know, I brought it up yesterday. Yeah. Big Frank up 15 facing Saquon Barkley. I was texting you. Managed to pull out the W. I was texting you about and, it. And, oh, <laughs> that was one of my most stressful Monday nighters. Monday night football games watching because obviously Saquon gets that, that big reception and brings it down to like inside the five yard line, gets a couple of runs there. And I'm like, all right, this is it. Like, I watched the entire game thinking I, I have a chance. He's going to score a touchdown here on the last drive and put me in my grave. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning, my man. My throws man. It to Sterling Shepard. I thought he were done. I thought you were so screwed. One of the most fluky 6-4 and four teams of all time. I'm telling you, I'm the Miami Dolphins of my fantasy league. Not great. I'm an enigma. You don't want to be that. I'm not a good, I don't have a good team. I have the third most fantasy point, uh, third fewest fantasy points in the league. I'm 6-4. and four. I read, by the way. What the luck factor? I read, by the way, that at least, uh, I think it's long in the fourth quarter yesterday, last night, that they just didn't throw it to George Kittle. <laughs> what are you doing? He dominated. Why did you stop throwing to George Kittle? Yeah. What do you have, 8 for 93? Just absolutely monster game with Nick Mullins as the quarterback. 
Dude, there wasn't Kyle even, Shanahan. And I there mean, wasn't even the we, Iowa connection. We've had so many QB whispers in the past. Adam Gase being one of them. Yeah, he's doing a great job with Brock Osweiler right now. Um, Kyle Shanahan is probably the QB whisperer, Greg. To be honest, with I, I mean, it's look. He made the most out of CJ Beathard as his quarterback. Now he's a third string scout team sure. quarterback. Sure, quarterbacking his team in Nick Mullins, mm-hmm. and he's at least looked competent. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like uh, looked like. Hall of Famer last year in those final uh, five or six games. Kyle Shanahan, that's the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan is definitely a quarterback whisperer. That's, I think it's a known thing. Speaking of quarterback, uh, we give you a jump into streams here. Uh, I have a stat of the day, which will also <laughs> lead us into running back. I got, I got a lot of stuff on the rundown here. Yeah, I look, got a I look, lot of news. I mean, there's, there's, when I was there's making, a lot going on. When I was making the FanDuel rundown earlier, yep. you're like, hey, look at the rundown. I was like, wow, it's very early for this rundown to be completed. And it was. I did it last night during the game. You were, you were working hard. I'm trying to ease myself off the pressure of uh, watching Saquon Barkley nearly destroy me. Yeah, so I'm um, looking at the news. There's not really much interesting here, to be honest with you. I mean, Bengals bring back Hugh Jackson as an assistant. That's huge. No, so, uh, in, so uh, in all caps, on. Bucks sign uh, Kyro Santos. Yeah, yeah, let me get the Hugh Jackson thing first. So you and Flurry were like freaking There's out no about fantasy this in our chat. You were freaking out. I'm just like, why are you guys surprised? We knew this was coming. None of this was a surprise. You knew you go back to Cincinnati. You know that him and Marvin Lewis. I'm are not best surprised friends. at all. I I told you earlier on in the year that Hugh Jackson will end up getting another job, and I believe and I was the you one that sat said- right there and you said. There's no way he gets no, another job. No, no, I sat right here and told you told you to be in Cincinnati. It's literally what I told. Let's go you. back to the tape. On Please, this. I'm happy to. I'm pretty sure you were like, Nah, he's not going to get a job for no. a while. Like he sucks. I did not say that. I said he'll get another job in Cincinnati. Him and one of those best friends. And I was adamant in saying these guys get recycled in the NFL all the time. Even if they suck, they get recycled around. Jackson back with the Bengals. Not good for him. As if, you know, they don't have enough bad things going on there. And they play AJ the, Green and they isn't even playing. Play the player. Browns two more times. Yeah, I saw oh, a great tweet. Game. Oh. I saw a, a great tweet from I think, Ray Summerlin, who uh, tweeted out that uh, first move that Hugh Jackson will do as a special assistant on the offensive side of the ball is bench Andy Dalton for A.J. McCarron, and they find out that A.J. McCarron is not on the team anymore, he will quit. <laughs> Makes tweet. sense, right? He was the one who wanted to give up all those draft picks to get him. Where's A.J. McCarron now? Is he playing, like, oh, arena football? He's Oakland, right? Is Derek, uh, isn't he Derek Carr's back? Uh, that might be correct. He's Derek Carr's back in Oakland. Yeah, I know he got signed by the Bills and then got cut. Uh, yeah, he's somewhere now. That sounds right. Pretty sure he's in Oakland. Sure. Anything else news related here? Saints signed Brandon Marshall, Greg. Okay. You're out on that? Yeah, why, why would I be <laughs> not, on that? Not getting, uh, we're, it's not going to get the same amount of buzz as Dez Bryant. Meanwhile, it's likely the same exact thing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Not and, really. And, not, and, every, and everyone took time out of their day to talk about Des Bryant. Well, I tried not to. I was forced. Well, I mean, we had to talk about it a little bit. But See? Brandon Mar- I mean, look, I'm not talking about Brandon Marshall for half the show. According to Pete Carroll, Chris Carson will play on Thursday Night Football. Let's talk about the stat of the day, then. Stat of the day comes via Jared Smola. Follow him on Twitter, at SmolaDS. Contributes to Draft Sharks. Has a lot of great stats as well. Uh, Rashad Penny, first 20 NFL carries. 2.2 yards per carry. His next 34 NFL carries have been 6.2 yards per carry. This past week, we all saw him 12 carries over 100 yards, a touchdown, nine yards per carry in that game. Like, I've been thinking about more and more about what you said yesterday about the GM maybe, you know, tipping off Pete Carroll. Like, all right, come on. We got to get this guy involved now. You know, let's show people why we drafted him in the first round. And it just so happens that after that game, Pete Carroll came out and said, 
that Rashad Penny finally looked like the guy that they drafted in the first round. We know that he's dealt with the injury in the preseason, the broken finger. Uh, he was out of shape. Still doesn't look like he's in the best shape of all time, but he looked great in that in this past week, uh, rushing for nine yards per carry. I just wonder that even with Carson back, is there a chance that Rashad Penny is the guy moving forward? And I would say that there is a chance that that is the case. You're just going to get messed with, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I think that's why you still have to take a shot in adding him here because while it is a small chance that he's the guy, and we all know how much they like Chris Carson, if management is in front of them here and saying, hey, we need to get Rashad Penny involved, and he just looked as good as he did, I wouldn't management come back again and be like, well, look what he did. Right. We got to continue to get this guy involved. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and, and, and like, how can you deny what he just did? He looked great. He looked fantastic. Only One of the best carries. rushing performances of the year out of a Seahawks running. Yeah, no question about it. He, he looked fantastic. I think we'll see him get an increased workload, but I think they like Chris Carson. I think you look at what Chris he Carson has did. done when he's healthy. Chris Carson's been fantastic. I mean, all these running backs, when given a shot, have been fantastic. It's just yeah, getting their the offensive line has played well. Yeah. And the fact that they're the number one rushing percentage team in the NFL, I mean, maybe they can coexist even. Like, what if... What if Chris Carson and Rashad Penny get like 15 touches each per game? That would put them both in the flex discussion. That means, that means Mike Davis gets none. I don't think that happens. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So what's the most realistic scenario? Like 15 for Carson, 10 yeah. for Penny, 5 for Davis? Something like that. I, I bet you it's like less. I bet you it's literally like 8 for Penny. And uh, would it be really surprised you Mike Davis and more carries? No, it wouldn't. it wouldn't at all. Like, nothing moving forward with the Seahawks running backs would surprise me at yeah. all. And I said that yesterday. It reminds yeah. me a lot of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I mean, they kind of want to keep uh, opposing defenses and opposing teams off balance by not knowing who they're going to use at the running back position. But I think the reason you have to take a stab on Rashad Penny is because there's at least that slight sliver of a chance that Rashad Penny is the guy moving forward and that... You know, all right, maybe he doesn't get 20 touches per game, but if he is the main running back behind that offensive line who's played well from a run-blocking perspective on the team that's running the most rush plays in the NFL this season, you want a, you want a piece of that running back. So I, I at this point, we're not going to really talk about fab because I don't know how much fab people have left, but I think what would help listeners and, and watchers more, Greg, yeah. is rather we rank the players at their position. And I think Rashad Penny Ooh, is the number that? one running back ad this week. Um, I think he's the number one ad this week. I think number he's, one running back. Ad. I, I agree. I agree with that because he has the potential to start down the stretch because he is that first round pick. He does have the pedigree. I get it. Yes. So I, I, I agree with you with that. Unless Derrick Henry's out there, I don't know if you would rank Derrick Henry. I, I don't know if Derrick Henry would be number one either. Yeah. Um, but I agree that Penny's number one at I I think he probably is. But if you want to talk about running backs I like, and I liked him last week, I told you that it cost you nothing last week or it was last week or two weeks ago I picked him up Josh Adams and you never want to get involved with Philly running backs I completely understand that Frank but he had the highest percentage of running back snaps for on plays that actually ran the ball last week um he is according to Peterson needs to be in have a better usage in the running game He's averaged the most yards the past couple of weeks. He looks like the best running back in Philly. And I get you don't want to get involved with the Philadelphia Eagles. And you don't want their running back because they're going to play Corey Clement. And they're going to play Wendell Smallwood. And they want to get everybody involved. And it's only going to bother you. And Frank wants nothing to do with an Eagles running back. But six teams on a bye. If you're looking for a starting running back, I think you found one in Josh Adams. He's starting running back, Greg? Yeah. He hasn't had more than nine carries in any single game. I will say over the past three games... He's had 
20, touch, uh, 20 carries, exactly. He's averaging over six yards per carry with those, uh, with those touches. So he's performing when he gets the ball. What I don't understand is, doesn't Doug Peterson call plays for the Eagles? Yes. So doesn't he control how many touches Jamal, uh, Josh Adams gets? Yes. <laughs> so it, it's just confusing to me that he comes out after the game and he says, we need to get Josh Adams more involved. Doug Peterson, you control whether or not Josh Adams gets involved. So I just don't really understand this. I will agree that with six teams on a bye, if I had to choose an Eagles running back that I am most excited about, and when I say most excited, it's not very exciting at all, it would be Josh Adams just based on how efficient he's run the ball when he touches it, but does absolutely nothing in the pass game, has one reception on the season, hasn't had more than nine carries in a game, and I know he can have a game here where he gets randomly you know, 15, 16 carries. But then the next game, he'll yeah. get seven or eight. So yeah. it's an it's extremely fluid situation. I will say, based on how he has run the ball, when he does get the football, I am intrigued in Josh Adams. And there's six teams on a bye. But again, Greg, I mean, as you referenced, I'm not very high on the Eagles' running game. Their offensive line has not performed well this year in terms of running the football. Carson Wentz took a lot of sacks this past week as well. Offensive line, kind of shaky. Um, too many running backs here. Limits is upside. Okay. <laughs> Nothing changed for Frank. Still wants nothing to do with the Eagles branding backs. We'll take a break. More from the Waiver Wire Tuesday right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for joining us here on a Tuesday. Waiver Wire Tuesday, Frankie. We're getting into the running backs here. So then you can pick up. And I want to get into players you could drop as well. Because we're talking about running backs and Josh Adams and Rashad Penny and guys that you might need to start this week. But the question has become who, who can you drop? And with four teams on a bye. Six teams on a bye. Six teams on a bye. Four teams in the NFC, AFC East. Can you drop Kenyon Drake? Nope. I'm not doing it. Okay. I own him in one league. I I know it's been frustrating. It's not necessarily his fault. I think, you know, when he touches the ball, he's still their most explosive weapon. Frank Gore is, seems like he's not going away. But I'm just going to keep holding on to what he did in that second half last year, that final stretch where, Greg, you know very well, he nearly won us a league together that we owned uh, last year. Um, you, me, and Michael Florio together. Kenyon Drake has that ability. If they would just open their eyes, and maybe it's maybe it'll take the buy. Maybe you know, maybe their uh, their their front office needs to step forward and 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 say something to Adam Gase because I don't know what it's going to take, but we know that Kenyon Drake has that ability to uh, to win you weeks single handedly and, and really try and propel you to win a league uh, if they would just give him the touches. So I, I'm I can't drop him yet. I know he was like a third, fourth round pick for people. I don't care about that. I mean, it's not going to be the, the pick. I dropped. Chris Hogan is a third-round pick. He's been off my team for six weeks. For a third-round pick. I drafted Chris Hogan in the fourth round on a turn. Fine. Yeah. It was literally the turn. Yeah. Are you dropping Kenyon Drake? I'd strongly consider it, sure. It's frustrating. Like, we are at the mercy of Adam Gaze. I get it. He won us leagues. I, he won me a the league. The thing is, who are you dropping him for, Greg? Do you drop him for Rashad Penny or a, or 
Definitely not Josh, Josh Adams. Adams. There's no upside there, in my opinion. Okay. No upside with the Eagles running backs right now. Penny, a little bit more interesting, but I mean, it's, that, it's that's very a very crowded. That, that's, very no, crowded. that's a crowded situation as well. I will say this at least the Seahawks are a better offense behind a team that's dedicated to the run. Uh, it seems like they somewhat know what they're doing. Would you drop. Dolphins just don't. Would you drop Elijah McGuire for any of these guys? They, either of these two guys. Elijah McGuire. I would drop him to get Penny. I would keep him over Josh Adams. Because, look, what we've seen is when teams go into the bye, especially when they're sputtering, coming out of that bye, things can completely change 100%. And especially with a team like the Jets, if they're, quote, reevaluating everything like they say they are, maybe they'll realize throughout the bye, all right, Isaiah Crowell is not what makes this offense better. Maybe it's getting, uh, getting Elijah McGuire the ball 15-plus times per game is right. what's going to make this team better. So I would hold on to guys like that, and we've already seen that happen. You know, guys like David Johnson throughout the bye. All right, Byron Leftwich works with his offense and realizes, all right, this is what we're going to do coming out of the bye. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, I get encouraged when I see stuff like that, and I, I think that there's a chance that that can happen even with uh, Elijah McGuire. Hopefully, I mean, look, we're just we're holding on to a, with a prayer here that, that, that that's what they do with Kenyon Drake. So I, I can't. I can't drop him yet just based on what I saw from him down the stretch last year. And maybe that's the fault of me. Maybe that's me just holding on too much and going down with the ship. But I think when it comes to Kenyon Drake, he does have that, that league-winning ability. What about a player that is on a buy that you want to pick up potentially, and that's Rex Burkhead. He obviously came uh, out last week, and he was uh, practicing, and he could return early in December. Sonny Michelle has the big back role. You have James White having the smaller role. Rex Burkhead was vital for New England last year. Are you making? Are you picking up Rex Burkhead this week? Yeah, so I've already I've already picked him up in my home league on Sunday because we have uh, after Fab goes through we have open waivers and no one picked him up, so I, I picked him up then, and I'm going to stash him. Reminder: they have a buy in this week in Week 11, and then Week 12 the Patriots face the Jets, and he's still not eligible to return in Week 13. So if you're fighting for your playoff lives, you can't afford to pick up Rex Burkhead and just throw him into your lineup Week 13 and hope that he does something because I'm telling you right now, even owning him. In week 13, I'm not going to start him. That's going to be a wait-and-see approach and just kind of see what happens with the Patriots running back situation. But what I will say is, Tony Michel did not look great in this game. I don't know that he's 100%. And we saw last year a running back, I would say similar to Rex Burkhead in the Patriots' eyes, in Deion Lewis, take over down the stretch for the Patriots. Why did the Patriots love Deion Lewis so much? Because of his versatility. When he was on the field, you didn't know whether the Patriots were going to run the football or throw the football because, you know, he can he ran it effectively and he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Rex Burkhead kind of represents that similar type of mold of a running back, similar to Deion Lewis, in that he can run the football effectively, he can catch the football out of the backfield. And we saw him uh, have games last year where he was certainly fantasy viable as well. So, Tony Michelle, first game back, 11 carries, 31 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. If they figure out during the break that he is not 100%, maybe there's a chance he gets shut down. We're dealing with a lot of ifs here, but uh, there, there's definitely a chance for upside. Based on what we saw Deion Lewis down the stretch last do last year, I think there's a chance that Rex Burkhead could have that same type of value. So I am picking him up, but those are in leagues where I kind of I know that I'm going to be in the playoffs because, you, again, you likely won't be able to play this guy until week 14 at the earliest. I agree with that. And I picked him up in the league I expect to be in the playoffs in. And we're desperate for running backs, ultimately. And that's why I'm stashing him on the bench. I'm stashing him and Deontay Foreman. I'm desperate. And, yep. and Deontay Foreman, the news came out yesterday. Bill O'Brien saying, quote, we'll see. They don't even know if he's going to play this year, Greg. Yeah, I, that was a waste. But I yeah, knew that. And, we, and we got excited over that, too. And there was we, got, few- we got excited over that two months ago, which is frustrating. Yeah, because, look, 
it's it was just a weird situation overall because there was a chance he could play in week one. There was a chance he wasn't even going to land on the pup. And he went on the pup. And, he and just... I, I, I figured all along, I mean, look, coming back from a torn Achilles, I don't care how young you are, that is a devastating Brutal injury, injury to come back mm-hmm. from. So I didn't think there was any chance in hell he was going to return in week one. But I thought maybe given the fact that they put him on the pup and they expected him to return at some point, that that's also what I expected. I, I And, you know, their offensive, uh, their, their run game was not... Performing well, there were a few games where Lamar Miller did show out. They were in very good matchups, but overall, their run game hasn't been great this year. So I thought, all right, you'll, they'll give Deontay Foreman a chance, but it still seems like he's not one hundred percent. Deontay Foreman, they everybody believes from Bill O'Brien to Foreman himself that the twenty-one day window for him to practice will begin this week. And again, that doesn't put him on the roster. There is no guarantee he will be on the roster mm-hmm. in three weeks from now. When we talk about Rex Burkhead, week 14, that's the earliest you'll be able to start Deontay Foreman, most likely. And you're not going to start him because you'll be a third string at that point. So yep. These are guys that you're only stashing if your record is like 6-4 and four or better. You could drop Deontay Foreman. Yeah, have, that's fine. I'd rather have Rex Burkhead than Deontay Foreman. Yeah, I agree 100%. And just ranking the running backs that we've talked about so far, I would put it... Rashad Penny. Would you rather have Derrick Henry or Rex Burkhead, Greg? I love Derrick Henry. He's healthy. Yeah. I just don't think that there's much upside. I know he scored four touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, an interesting stat that I saw, both Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis both have 19 red zone rushing attempts this season. It's completely split down the middle. There's no rhyme or reason. It's basically just whoever's on the field, right? If they're running the no huddle, the, the hurry up offense, it's just Deion Lewis. They're going to keep him on the field. But if they have time where they're going to the huddle and they're getting set and they really want to kind of barrel into the end zone, then they're going to bring Derrick Henry on the field. But there's really no rhyme or reason as to when, uh, who's getting the ball inside the red zone. So, I mean, they're split down the middle. Realize that. And in games where Derrick Henry doesn't score a touchdown, he's giving you 30, 40, 50 yards at most. Uh, he hasn't had more than 12 rushing attempts in any game since week three. I will say I do agree with you. I'd rather own Derrick Henry than Rex Burkhead. Um, so I guess that's the order, right? Rashad Penny... Derrick Henry, Rex Burkhead, and then would you rather own Elijah McGuire than Rex Burkhead? I think I would. I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, he's what, still not owned in enough leagues. One more, uh, two more running backs I want to get to. First is Theo Riddick, who's only owned in thirty percent of CBS leagues, give or take. And Riddick's since coming back from injury, he's resumed his role. He's always had. I think he had six receptions one game, seven the next. It's Theo Riddick being Theo Riddick. The Lions are terrible, so they're always in comeback mode. It's just dump to Riddick, dump to Riddick, dump to Riddick. Now, Carryon Johnson's playing more snaps than ever. Uh, he's a goal line back. You know Theo Riddick's not going to carry the ball at all. But are you are you diving in on Theo Riddick, Frank? Yeah, I do think that the ownership percentage is too low based on how many PPR formats there are, which means he should be owned in all PPR leagues. Um, and, and you notice the the snap percentage from this past week. Carryon Johnson, 71% of the snaps. Theo Riddick, 58% of the snaps. 71 plus 58 does not equal 100. What does that mean? Theo Riddick and Carryon Johnson are playing on the field together at times. So, Carryon Johnson... Whoa. <laughs> Greggy just jumped. A balloon just of- <laughs> popped out of nowhere. <laughs> A balloon just popped. If you were watching uh, the morning after, you saw that they had balloons delivered. And they're, you know, they're sitting in the corner of the room right now, and one of them just popped. Uh, you know, Reggie nearly uh, soiled of, uh, his britches. Speaking of, speaking of pops, <laughs> as, I, as I interrupt you, Frank, uh, uh, so, some, someone popped. Karis Levert last night. I honestly, I couldn't even watch it because I heard it was gruesome, and I really, I don't know what's going on. Like in my older age, like I don't have the stomach to like watch gruesome injuries anymore. So, so I, I didn't was, watch. But he I was diagnosed it. today with a subtalar dislocation of the right foot. But that means there is no surgery, and he will be back this season. New for the Brooklyn Nets. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Good news. Did you, did you watch it? I still haven't actually watched it. Not because I, I don't, you know. I so I, I showed it to King and I was like, watch this and please describe it to me. And she basically said that he jumped up and when he came down, he basically landed full force on the side of his foot. And like his, his foot was like ni- a 90 degree angle. Ugh. So like basically like his ankle was touching the floor. Sounds like it hurts. But it carries LeVert, man. Good news. No surgery. Should be back. Yeah. And he was enjoying a breakout season. Unbelievable. Uh, everything that you read about the kid says that, you know, he's a stand-up guy. Uh, had a lot of promise coming out of Michigan, but has com- uh, consistently dealt with injuries. Just sucks that for those who drafted him, he was uh, he was performing quite well, uh, but now has this injury. It is go- good news that he'll be back, but um, hopefully you could stash him on your IR. Just getting back to Theo Riddick, though, I think he needs to be owned in all PPR leagues. Six for 60 this week. He's playing on the field the same time as Carrion Johnson. And per our guy, Michael Florio, Theo Riddick had 16 slot routes this week, which led the Detroit Lions. So he's he's basically uh, picked up that role left behind from Golden Tate, uh, which we know is a very valuable role to Matt Stafford. Okay, so there you go. So Theo Riddick ahead of all these other guys? In PPR, he is... I know that Rashad Penny still like doesn't catch passes. Nope, none. I would still rather have Rashad Penny overall. Uh, Theo Riddick is, is number two on the list in PPR leagues. Um just in a vacuum, like if you play in half PPR, I generally just want like the best player available. I don't think that he has immense upside. He has a safe floor. I, I would rather have, I'd rather have Derrick Henry, and I would, I would rather have Elijah McGuire. But um, Rex Burkhead is firmly behind Theo Riddick, in my opinion. Okay, I might rather have Riddick than McGuire. Uh, I, I've just kind of talked myself into you know teams going to the, into the buy. The Jets, I mean, what, what are they playing for this season? They might as well see what they have in Elijah Maguire. Isaiah Crowell, uh, he's still pretty young. I think Crowell's like only 25 years old, but it's clear that I, I don't think he's going to be part of the future by any means. So I, I think they're going to get Elijah Maguire more involved coming out of the bye. He's already played more snaps than Crowell in both games uh, that he's been back. So I'm, I'm intrigued by, uh, by Maguire. Okay, uh, last running back I want to hit up, that's Jalen Samuels. Uh, James Conner's in concussion protocol. Mike Tomlin says he expects him to pass uh, tomorrow, the first day of practice. We'll see. Uh, concussions can linger. There can be setbacks or whatnot. Jalen Samuels is the backup to James Conner. Uh, Jalen Samuels and Stephen Ridley. I don't want you to forget about him, Frank, because he mm-hmm. is there. Jalen Samuels in Yahoo leagues, both running back and tight end eligible. Just saying. <laughs> that, yeah, that is really random that he has tight end eligibility. And I wanted to ask you, who do you think is the handcuff? Because we're at that point, and we continue to talk about it, where down the stretch, again, there's only three regular season weeks in fantasy football. You need to own the handcuffs for your team. We'll find out today by the 4 p.m. deadline whether Le'Veon Bell is going to show up, but all indications say that Le'Veon Bell is not going to show up, which means he's not going to play this year, which also means you need to get the handcuff to James Conner. James Conner is the RB1 on the Steelers, and we know that if anything were to happen to him the Steelers typically lean on one running back. They don't go running back by committee. They normally have that one guy. Is that one guy Jalen Samuels or is it Steven Ridley? Ridley is the veteran. Jalen Samuels, I believe, is a first-year player, a rookie here. Um, but he caught a touchdown last week. So I'm, I'm a little bit more intrigued in Jalen Samuels. If something were to happen to Connor, who do you think is the guy, Greg? Samuels or I mean, Steven Ridley? I think it's Ridley, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. It, it could go either way. I don't think that there's any wrong answer here. But you do need to own, you do need to own one of them. For what it's worth, in Week Ten, uh, James Conner played forty-one percent of the snaps. That was on Thursday Night Football. Obviously, left the game dealing with the concussion. 
The next player up with the highest percentage of snaps was Jalen Samuels, who played 29% of the snaps. But that was a monstrous blowout. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth quarter, like Samuels got a whole bunch of snaps I don't know that he would get. I believe though, when Connor came out, the first running back in was Ridley. Just saying. That might be true. That might be true. But I'm just going to go based on what we saw in this game. Uh, on the season, for what it's worth, the next man up in terms of running back snaps. Stephen Ridley has 8.5% of the snaps. Jalen Samuels is a 6.7%. Yeah. Uh, so it's close. Um, but I think you need to own one of them for sure if something were to happen to Connor. Just, just get that waiver in now. It's not going to cost you all that much because everyone expects Connor to play. And it happened a yeah. long time ago, obviously, on last Thursday and night. And if someone picks up Jalen Samuels, then pick up Ridley yeah. as the Connor owner. Just, you want to have one of them in even case it, something happens. Even if it's just for a day or two. Even if it's just for a day. No, I think you need to own one of these guys moving oh, forward. As, as the like handcuff. handcuff option. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, should we move on? You know, let's go to the quarterbacks. I'll, I'll say the wide receivers for the end. Uh, quarterbacks to stream this week. You don't have Tom Brady. You don't have uh, Broadway Baker uh, this week. You don't. So really, have... the two big names I would say. I mean, you you left out Nate Peterman, um, <laughs> who is not who, on an NFL. Who's also left right? out by Buffalo. Um, yeah, exactly. Nick Mullins, who a bunch of people picked. Oh, up. That was the last team, Nick Mullins. Yeah, so you, you lost Tom Brady. You lost Baker Mayfield. Maybe he'll probably a backup quarterback for you anyway. Um, so you're really losing Brady. If you need to stream a quarterback this week, uh, the ones that I like the best. Zach Prescott against Atlanta. Uh, Prescott has, I believe, rushed for a touchdown in three of his last five games. So I like three of his last four. Yeah, three of his last four. It was another quarterback actually did it three of his last five. But uh, Prescott, three of his last four games, he's rushed for uh, a touchdown. Also three of his last five. Um, But against Atlanta, it's a good matchup. We've been streaming quarterbacks against them for a while now. Last week it was Mayfield. Uh, This week it's Prescott. So I like him. Uh, Another quarterback I really like is Marcus Mariota, who's really turned it on as of late. He finally seems healthy after that nerve issue in his hand kind of subsided. Um, so I like that Mariota. And the third one I wrote, it'd be fun to start Lamar Jackson if he plays this week. Yeah, it would certainly be fun. Uh, I do agree with you on Dak. Uh, he has the rushing production lately. Uh, has posted at least 15 fantasy points in four straight games. That's in four-point passing touchdown leagues. The Falcons allow the fourth fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this season. We just saw Baker Mayfield have the best game of his season. He threw for three touchdowns. Uh, and the Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point dogs in the Dome. I have a feeling that they'll be chasing points in this one against Atlanta. It is worth noting that Deion Jones is eligible to return uh, at linebacker for the Falcons, so uh, their defense should be better. But I do expect the Cowboys to be playing from behind. Mariota, I agree with you. It seems like he's playing better. It seems like he's over the injury. Um, the Titans offense is finally starting to click. I was very, very critical of this Titans offense earlier on in the season. They were a complete mess, whether that was due to play calling, the offensive line being banged up, Mariota being banged up. Uh, it could be a combination of all of those things, but it's a great matchup here. The Colts have allowed multiple touchdown passes in five of their last six games. That one game where they didn't was the Buffalo Bills. Yep. And that was... Um, that was Derek Anderson. It wasn't Nate Peterman, but the Bills same, uh, were same just thing. terrible. And I mean, except for when they played the Jets. Uh, but that's, you know, we'll talk about that another day. Uh, Mariota also uh, averaging 30 rushing yards per game. So even if he throws an interception, he kind of has that mitigated by the, the rushing production he has. I'll also just throw him out there. I don't like him as much as the other guys. But Blake Bortles going up against the Steelers. Their defense has played much better as of late. But Blake Bortles has also played better as of late, averaging 30 rushing yards per game. Uh, he's averaged over 300 passing yards over his last two games. Uh, he, throw, he threw for two touchdowns this past week against the Colts. Uh, and they're five-point home dogs against the Steelers, so likely chasing points as well there for Blake Bortles. When it comes to Lamar Jackson, look, he has to 100% be owned in Superflex leagues just based on his upside. I don't think that he's a very polished quarterback at all yet by any means, but we've seen... 
bad quarterbacks in the NFL give good fantasy production just based on rushing alone, a la Tim Tebow, and I'll always go back to that, I think Lamar Jackson, if he plays, could have that Tim Tebow effect for fantasy. We'll see when we come back. The wide receivers you need to pick up. Stick around. More from your BFFs after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Let's open up those phone lines to help you guys on the waiver wire. That's 844-843-6879. We also want to remind you, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Prospiller tool at mybookie.ag. We're going to have to create multiple lineups that's the hassle of dealing with late lineup scratches and avoid experts win 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. Just you and the profit you choose. Go to mybookie.ag and promo code FNTSY when you sign up and choose your matchup using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. Frankie, what do we got going on the rest of the day here on FNTSY? Rest of the day here? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. We got, that, we got the frenzy coming up next. We do. Corey Pawson, Jim Day. And Ventra, I believe we have a replay of Roto Experts in the morning after that. And Fantasy Sports Day after that. And Fantasy Sports Today after that. Uh, if you stay tuned to our Fantasy Sports Network YouTube channel, we will also have some FanDuel content coming out, some NBA content for getting you ready for tonight's DFS slate, uh, and then getting you ready for the NFL DFS slate. Uh, actually, rather, that will be our waiver wire for FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I'm missing? Yeah, you missed Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions. Gabe and Cam. That's on the radio side. Like at four I mean, I'm o'clock. a video guy, Greg. Okay. I understand. Lineup Lock Live starts at 6, and then we got Scout with Ronis uh, at 7. You also forgot about Ronis! Which you heard his promo during the break. Mm. Our guy, Ronis. I haven't seen Ronis in a while. Our guy, Ronis. Yeah. yeah. Your guy, Ronis. You worked with him more than I did. I like Ronis. Yeah, me too. Our basketball team in Ronis' league. Not so good, though. Yeah. I'll update my Don't team. worry, man. Jimmy Butler coming back. Some change vengeance. Can change everything. Gonna change everything. He's gonna play every single game now moving forward. We'll be all right. All right, fair enough. 844 843 6879. We'll line up your calls right now as we'll get into the wide receivers, Frankie, mm-hmm. that the people have to know about this week. I'll start with my guy, Josh Reynolds, who's I picked up and dropped three times, two, uh, three times <laughs> thus far. Uh, we'll make it a fourth this week. Cooper Cup's out for the year. Josh Reynolds will play all the snaps, but the usage won't necessarily be there. Yeah, and we've seen that in the games where Cooper Cup missed. Uh, I brought up the stat from Adam Levitt. Tan, there you go. Adam Levitan yesterday uh, about how Josh Reynolds played all the snaps pl- but nine in the, the two games where Cooper Cup did not play, uh, but his target share was a measly 10%. So, look, it's going to be a lot of Brandon Cooks. It's going to be a lot of Robert Woods. I think the tight ends get a little bit more involved here as well. 
Uh, but there's still that chance. The fact that he's on the field in an offense as potent as the Los Angeles Rams in a matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I think you have to be interested in Josh Reynolds. I think there are a few other wide receivers that we'll talk about that I like more than him this week, uh, but I'm trying to add. And where I'm specifically trying to add is on teams where I own Sammy Watkins, right? Because Sammy Watkins plays on Monday night. They say that they expect him to play on Monday night, but if he doesn't go, if you also own Josh Reynolds, at least you have that plug-in where... If Watkins can't go, you have Josh Reynolds on the other side. You know at least that he's going to play. Uh, and I like that much more than, you know, handcuffing a Chiefs wide receiver behind Watkins because we saw this past week Demarcus Robinson, Chris Conley, neither one of those guys has uh, a ton of value. So especially on teams where I own Sammy Watkins, I'm going to make sure I get Josh Reynolds uh, in case Watkins doesn't go on Monday night. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, listen, he plays on the field every play. You just need a touchdown is what you're looking for. From you your a game with flash. two touchdowns. Exactly. You only, you're, only need one. So... I like it. And it makes sense with Sammy Watkins, certainly, as well. Yep. The other wide receivers uh, who we'll get into... I will say this, though. I do want to throw this out there. I'm sorry. Yep. There is a chance, and I was reading this this morning, Adam Schefter tweeted this out, that the field conditions in Mexico City are disastrous right now. Yeah, they're terrible. They're brutal. Mm-hmm. And given the short notice, they may have to move back to L.A. Of course, you have uh, all the fires, unfortunately, going on in L.A. Now, they have been holding events at the Staples Center and whatnot, but... They might try to move this to L.A. They, they're determined to move this to Mexico City or play this in Mexico City. If they can't, they might move it to L.A. If they can't play in L.A., there is a chance it could be postponed. Now, I don't know postponed until when. <laughs> I don't know what that would do. I do know, obviously, the Rams yeah. have a bye next week. I assume we would know that before the games start, too. Yes, but you won't know that before waivers run. I don't know how early okay. you'll know that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, this is very, like, very preemptive, like, forward thinking. But I just wanted, I to, throw, I just wanted yep. to throw it out there. Yep. Because I read it this morning. All right. Uh, 844-843-6879. Uh, let me get to, to Julian in Miami, who has an ad drop question for us. What's up, Julian? Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Can you hear me? What's going on? All right. Um, I want to pick up one player for the end of my bench. Who would you guys think? Murray, Henry, Penny, or McGuire? Or, or theoretic. Thanks for listening to the entire show, Julian. We <laughs> talked about this for literally the last Murray, 40 minutes. Murray, Henry, Penny, theoretic and Maguire? Yes. What format is this? PPR. PPR. Do you own Dalvin Cook? No. All right, so Latavius Murray is definitely out of the question. Uh, and I've already mentioned, uh, regardless of format, the one that I want to add most is Rashad Penny, Greg. you agree? In PPR, would you rather have Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm going with Rashad Penny. Yep, no, right. we're in agreement there. All right, thanks, guys. You got it, Julian. No thanks for being a big fan. Let me get to the wide receiver, back to the wide receivers. We mentioned uh, Josh Reynolds. Next one I want to go is with Anthony Miller. And I, we talked about him, I guess, off the air? On the, I don't even remember. We, we, we were talking about him we yesterday. talked about him on the air. Okay. And just how much better he has been over the past couple of weeks, playing out of that slot. Mitchell Trubisky is trusting him, owning just 23% of leagues. I really like Anthony Miller going forward in the second half of the year. I think he's going to be a big, big, uh, big-time player for him for fantasy owners. Yeah, at least six targets in four straight games. He had a career game this past week, obviously five for 122 and a touchdown. You have to remember, the Bears traded up to get Anthony Miller. They gave up their second-round pick and an additional pick to move up and get Anthony Miller this year. Uh, Typically, whenever I see a team do that, I realize that they're going to want to get this player involved. And, you know, sometimes it takes time for rookie wide receivers to, you know, get their feet underneath them. Uh, at the NFL level, obviously, but it looks like he's coming on strong and going to continue to talk about slot wide receivers. I I love slot wide receivers this year, and especially for Mitchell Trubisky to lean on him. You know, Greg, something that we spoke about before the year as kind of a comp um, 
for Anthony Miller and Mitchell Trubisky was last year, Jared Goff leaning on Cooper Cup out of the slot. And we're kind of seeing that relationship develop now between Trubisky and Anthony Miller. Trubisky, remember, still a young quarterback, needs somebody to lean on. Yes, Allen Robinson looked great this past week, but I really like the usage out of Anthony Miller, at least the six targets in four straight games out of him. I will say... Um, the Vikings this week is not the greatest matchup, but then gets the Lions again, the Giants, the Rams, and what should be a lot of points scored, the Packers, and the 49ers. So everything outside of the Vikings this week looks like a pretty favorable schedule moving forward for Anthony Miller. All right, so there you go. Anthony Miller, maybe now the time to buy cheap. Even after this game, it doesn't go yeah. great. It's an opportunity. Uh, how badly do you want him? So I have $13 left in my home league. I'm going to put it all on Anthony Miller. You want him? I want him. He, he's the top waiver uh, The top... Wide receiver ad of the that. week. And I would say he is the number two ad overall be, behind Rashad Penny this week. He is uh, not available in my league. Fantastic. Who would you rather own? Anthony Miller or Rashad Penny if you can only pick up one? Anthony Miller. Really? Yeah. All right. I'll take Anthony Rashad Miller. Penny. Uh, other wide receivers we like. Kiki QT, who is back this week. Finally, we've spoken about him a lot recently. Uh, his first game back without Will Fuller, but with Demarius Thomas. It'll be interesting to see uh, how his role has changed, if at all, uh, with him being back in the lineup this weekend. Yeah, it seems like he's had enough time now to get completely Heel. healthy. Uh, I like the fact that the Texans left him out of that game before the bye and then obviously gets the bye as the extra week to get right. But let's not forget what he did. I mean, he had a game this year against the Colts, 15 targets, 11 receptions, over 100 yards receiving. The very next game against the Cowboys, seven targets, six receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. And a reminder that Will Fuller was on the field for both of those games. Will Fuller, was he 100%? Maybe not. He was also dealing with the hamstring injury. Demarius Thomas still... Finding his footing, learning the offense here under Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. So, uh, while I do think Demarius Thomas gets more involved, he had the bye week to learn the offense. I think Kiki QT, again, a common theme. Slot wide receiver here is going to be that safety valve for Deshaun Watson when he's not just peppering uh, DeAndre Hopkins with targets. So, I really do like him a lot. Don't forget about Kiki QT. Uh, still only owned in 30% of leagues. I think a lot of people dropped him because he was on that bye week. Greg, if the Texans could just get a serviceable running back, this offense next year is going to be fun. I've already heard people kind of float out the idea of Le'Veon Bell joining the Texans in the offseason. God, imagine this offense with you do that. Hopkins, QT, Will Fuller back maybe midseason, and then Demari Le'Veon you Bell. Demarius. Is he under contract next year as well? Is he a free agent? I'm not sure. Right, potentially Will Fuller will be back at some point. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that with Le'Veon Bell. But, and then the first, spend a first-round pick on an offensive uh, lineman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There you go. I mean, the defense has, has come around. Really, offensive line is what they really, really need. I did pick Houston to win this division. Let's not forget that. I did as well. We both did. Uh, I, uh, they were, I mean, something that I'm learning is that they were a popular pick to make it to the Super Bowl on this network. I know Gabe had them. I believe... I believe Mike Blewett had them going to the, the, the championship game, so a lot of people were excited about the... Well, let's uh, not forget who picked Kansas City. That's you, Greg. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. But uh, the team right behind them, arguably uh, the well, second, third hottest team in the league. My Chargers, Chargers baby. Chargers. The L.A. Bowl this year. Chargers. Uh, any other wide receivers that we haven't mentioned that you want to pick up? Yeah, I'll just mention these guys real quick. Uh, John Ross played in... 84% of the snaps this past week led the team in targets with six. Caught two of them for 39 yards and a touchdown. We know that A.J. Green uh, is not going to play at least this week. He might be out until December. So uh, John Ross is getting an opportunity. Made the most of it this past week. Uh, Dante Moncrief had the big play against the Colts in the revenge game. 
But the Jaguars have been playing from behind in more games. I think they'll be doing the same thing against the Steelers this week. So Moncrief has played well. Uh, And then Zay Jones. And this is more so in deeper leagues. Uh, Had a great, great game against the Jets. He is also playing, playing more out of the slot this past year. And again, this is, you know, we're very quick to write rookie players off. Last year looked terrible, but I mean, the Bills did not have you know, great quarterback play. Tyrod Taylor was fine last year, but he, you know, he didn't light it up by any means. If the Bills can somehow get a, like maybe Josh Allen is at least a serviceable quarterback, Zay Jones is going to have value down the stretch playing out of the slot. So in deeper leagues, specifically, I know the Bills are on a bye. I just wanted to mention Zay Jones. He's been playing very, very well as of late. Right. That's Mike, uh, Michael Florio's guy. Yeah. He actually wrote about him last yes, week. Yes, he did. And then yeah. pumped himself up on Twitter about it. Yeah. I was like, bad luck. Uh, what are you doing, bad, Florida? Bad look. What are you doing, Florida? Yeah. He also had a tweet yesterday about Otani winning and, and how he's happy because it makes Yankee fans salty. I was like, this is a bad look, Mike. What are you doing? It's real bad. I was like, BJM. I gave him the whole, like, shake my head. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Come on, Mike. You're better than that. And then he's like, oh, well, I don't know what he said. And I was like, the, 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 this was the last Mets rookie that was actually relevant. I sent him a picture of Lasting's Millage, so. There you go. There you go. And with that, <laughs> uh, stay on the phone lines. We're going to get to you in just a second. But I want to sign off at YouTube and say goodbye uh, to all our YouTube audience. Corey Parson, Jim Day, Chris Ventra, Fantasy Football Frenzy. They come your way next. If you're listening on the podcast, like, subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a comment. If you're listening on the radio, we'll go another five minutes or so. Let's get back to the phone lines. Frank at 844-843-6879. And we go out to Nebraska to talk to Blake. What's up, Blake? Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going? Wonderful. Hey. Um, so I'm eight and two in a 12 team PPR league, and I'm just trying to shore up my uh, playoff situation because I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it. Um, so I was thinking about trading either Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones, or James White to pick up Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Who's your quarterback? And I just wanted to hear what you thought. I have uh, Kirk Cousins and I have Fitzmagic. I would trade Mark Ingram for him, sure. No. Sure. No. Yeah. For, for which one? Which one do you like better, though? No. Wait, you what? Go, you don't need to do this. Who are, who are your running backs? Uh, my starting running backs right now are DJ. I have, uh, sorry, um, I have DJ. I have James Conner, Aaron Jones, James White, and Mark Ingram. So the reason I'm doing it, Frank, is you, you can't play all of them every week. Yes, but is Tom Brady exactly. or Aaron Rodgers... An unquestionable upgrade over Kirk Cousins at this point? No. How, can you, how can you say that with a straight face? I haven't. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, his matchups going into, like, week 15 and 16. I'm going to pull up the strength of schedule real quick for from Fantasy Pros, uh, which what we were using last week to see who has the best remaining schedule for quarterbacks. But we, talk, we spoke okay. about this yesterday, Greg. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady... They haven't been great this year, and I know we like to project forward, but what do we have to go on that says that these guys are going to be much better than Kirk Cousins down the stretch? I understand that you can't play all of those running backs, but having the versatility and having you know those matchups to be able to play, I like that. I like that idea. So, all right, looking at schedules here, they like uh, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Those are guys that all have uh, they're inside the top seven at uh, strength of schedule remaining. So. I think I would I would rather lean towards getting one of those guys even down the stretch here. I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have the name value, but they haven't really done much. Tom Brady, uh, according to Fantasy Pro's strength of schedule, has the 23rd best schedule remaining. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers 
has the 26th. I will also say that Kirk Cousins has the third hardest schedule, according to this list. So all three of those guys don't have great remaining schedules. If you want to try and turn Ingram into a Breeze, a Cam Newton, or a Big Ben, whose schedules are a little bit more favorable, I'm more likely to do that. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, uh, this is one of those situations where I'm taking the name off the back of the jersey here. It's hard for me. Okay. It, it, it's really hard for me to take the name off the back of the jersey at this point in the year. And I get it. I was wrong, yeah. about, I was wrong about Brady uh, last year when it came down to this. And Rodgers— We already saw this out of him. We there, were, there were weeks where I had, I had Jared Goff ranked higher than him. And that's what I'm you saying. You guys thought it was crazy. That's what I'm saying. I was wrong last year when, yep. you, when you were doing that. And, and I don't want to make the same mistake again. So I'll, I'll just be on your side in this one. <laughs> Let me, before we wrap up, Frank, uh, tight ends to pick up for this week. My man, Jeff Hireman. Can oh. you take me higher, man? Um, Leads the Denver Broncos in red zone targets yeah, this yeah. year. So when it comes to, when it comes to Hireman, every, my, my buddies who listen to the program, uh, they're, like, they're hoping that Jeff Hireman isn't the new rat. Oh, the rat. The rat. Damian Ratley. Yeah. That was a flash in the pan if I ever yeah, see one. It was. Hopefully Hireman's better than that. Um, other tight ends. Yep. Janu Smith. Yep. Back-to-back games with touchdowns. Yep. Is there anything here? Um, I like the fact that both of his touchdowns have come from within the red zone, so they're clearly drawing up plays. And since Delaney Walker has gone down, he's been on the field a ton. Like He's playing a large majority of the snaps. The thing is, the Titans, while we talk about target share with guys like Corey Davis, and the reason he has such a high target share is because the Titans don't really throw the ball all that much, Greg. If you look at their offense... At their core, they still do want to be a run-first team. They want to pound the rock with Derrick Henry and with Deion Lewis. So I'll take a stab on John U. Smith, kind of similar to what we saw out of Chris Herndon earlier in the year where Herndon was just scoring touchdowns every single week. Maybe John U. Smith can keep this streak going, but for how long is he going to do that? Because in the games where he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not going to be great. We could say that about a lot of tight ends this year, uh, but he is trending in the right direction. He's on the field a lot. He's getting the red zone targets. So I am intrigued by him. I will say... Uh, I would rather own Jeff Hireman or even Ricky Seals Jones because Ricky Seals Jones uh, just had a uh, just had nine targets in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Ricky, Se- Ricky Seals Jones out of nowhere, really uh, a monstrous game this past week. RSJ out of nowhere, like RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> I got what you you didn't like that one. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. That wasn't great. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. We told you to take the uh, pick up the Cardinals this week against the Raiders. Cardinals are trying. Raiders are not. Yes. And look, just stream every defense against the Raiders moving forward. Their offense has been putrid. Derek Carr hasn't looked good. The other team I'll throw out there, surprised they were unknown to my league, the Carolina Panthers this week, Greg. Not bad. Not bad. Frenzy's up next for Frank Stample. My name is Greg Sussman. Good luck on your waivers this week. Talk to you again tomorrow. We hope. hope.